Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. Welcome to another week of Rule of the Galaxy podcast. As you can tell tonight, Joe is not hosting the show. It's me, D-Doc, as you guys know me, or Dave Doc. So, uh, yeah, been a fun week for me. Had a lot of kids getting injured in the house today. Oh. We had a, we had a, uh, we had a, a Peloton incident in the house today. So The kids are doing a Peloton? One was on one side and was turning the bike uh uh pedal and another kid got hit in the face with it so <laughs> yeah yeah the, we got did a little the baby get the... hit in the face the, the baby got hit oh she was okay but she got a little scratch and it was definitely a scare so you and, know and and who got blamed for that i'm sure when when mom got home who got blamed for that little doc junior oh. Well, oh no, she was there. It it happened oh, while we were okay. there. It was like okay. it was just one of those freak incidents. You know what I mean? If it's just, it was a good lesson. It was a good lesson in listening for uh, our little guy. And you know what it is? Is it's like you have multiple kids in one area together. One of them is most likely going to get hurt. That's that's what happens. So yeah, they weed out the weakest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So crazy day here, but but I'm here. We're here. <laughs> It's Rule of the Galaxy podcast. I'm going to wrap it around the horn tonight. Uh, we've got Alfie on. Alfie, it's been a couple weeks for you. I know you had something going on with your uh, voice and everything. It's good to have you back. How are you doing? Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. My voice is back. Uh, I recovered from whatever tropical disease I got at the uh, Great Wolf Lodge there in Cincinnati. It took <laughs> a few weeks, but I'm, I'm doing a lot better. So I'm that here, and I should stay away from the Great Wolf Lodge in Cincinnati. Uh, it it wasn't kind to me, but no one else in the family got sick. So okay. go at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like it was a long time ago, actually, because I was going to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, and you were going to Great Wolf Lodge, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a long recovery. So I'm it's probably been like a back. month. That is crazy. You're not supposed to drink the water in the water park, Alfie. Come on. Oh, that's, drink so, water. that's just so gross to think about. It's chlorinated. You know, it's clean. Brent, what's sure, going on? Gosh. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, day one of starting back working out at 5 a.m. So the four o'clock wake up was not fun uh, because school is in day day three for teachers but no day four for teachers but day three for students that is crazy so you're you're back at school teaching already yep 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 see that just gets me uncomfortable every time like i don't think i'll ever get over school year starting again because it feels like i need to go back 
That's like, a, I don't know. I was, I, I got in trouble a little bit in school. I wasn't well, bad, but I just, I just had my fun. I'll say. So you just you make sure you have your blue sleeve paper. Yeah, my blue sleeve. Yeah, there was there was some <laughs> jokes on uh, there was some jokes on Twitter about that uh, that blue sleeve comment. Uh, Willie Harms uh, got me on on Twitter. Oh yeah, I mean, I love it. I love the vulnerability of D Doc. Yep, but other yeah. than that, yeah. So uh, getting ready for Gen Con, and I was doing Toy Tom, but I don't want to stop the inter- I, I i won't do this right now i'll wait for the introductions to be over so we can do toy time yes i'll try yes. to show you the stuff that i i redesigned my hobby room because i was shamed into changing my background from scott Rifen. so um so here's a new background for you um, all right i love hope, it i hopefully love it. it passes the muster Exactly. And I mean, we, our, our guest that we have on can tell you if you're doing a good job or not, because he's definitely into the arts and creating things. Tonight, we have uh, Rick Prince on. This is his second time on the podcast. Uh, I know you guys had met him at the ICCC, not this previous year, but the year before. Uh, Rick, right. what's going on? How are you doing tonight? Greetings, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the Ruled Galaxy podcast. Glad to be back. Yeah. Round two, fight. fight. Exactly. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, go, I had to go I, Ihondo on that. <laughs> I was, uh, I was just saying before the show. I think it was like hardcore Stranger Things season uh, the last time we had you on. So it was probably like almost exactly a year ago. I, I think it was a year ago that season very four close was running. Yeah, yeah, we were very close to the anniversary of the first Rule the Galaxy with uh, yours truly, man. And, it was a lot of fun and looking forward to this one. Uh, sorry we missed you all last week. I was on the road traveling for the Scared City Presents Haya Paranormal and Horror Con with my buddy Santiago Cirillo from The Walking Dead. Uh, and that was a hustle to get to the hotel and try to line up the logistics. So I appreciate all of your patience. With uh, Sometimes we have that road life. So Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you all no, for catching awesome. it this week and uh, try to get it out to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Star that's worse than a day. <laughs> yeah. Joe was, uh, uh, Joe had on our last episode, he had checked and saw that you had said that you were able to go on like right at the end of the episode. And Joe was like, Oh my God, Rick said he could have went on. And it was funny because when I, when I shared our stream, I saw you had commented hello there. And I was just like, I was like, maybe he can be on. I was like, uh, I was like, should I talk to Joe? It was like probably about halfway through that I saw it though. So I was like, I had just pulled into the hotel, and it was just completely unflattering in every way. So you know, it was just like not even a place to even lay your phone up against. Just doing the best I could on the road. So it, uh, the force aligned, and this week we're a lot better. Everybody's got better backgrounds, so <laughs> thumbs up on your background, man. It looks great. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to make sure that I got in, that I was shamed by Scott Rifen into <laughs> Yeah, so Rick, uh, for anyone who hasn't um, heard you before, I think my gate is up really high, actually. For anyone who hasn't been on with you, uh, be, uh, <clears throat> hasn't heard you on here before, why don't you give people a rundown of um, everything you've done? I mean, we know you just were featured in the um, Journey to the Dark Side short on YouTube, which we're going to get into on there. But yes. why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do, refresh <laughs> everybody's minds? Well, I'm a kid who grew up loving special effects. I wanted to get a career in it. 
that led to being on Face Off Season 5, the makeup special effects reality show. If you all remember that, it ran 13 seasons on the Sci-Fi Channel. And that got me the exposure to a local group of uh, wonderful people here in Nashville, Tennessee, where I still am currently. Uh, for the time being, we're, we're on the move. We're beach, beach bound here. So, um, But that got me a movie deal. And I uh, wrote, produced, and directed my first film, which was Loa All Saints Eve. All these are available pretty much anywhere on Amazon or Hulu, something like that. Uh, the second one, uh, they wanted to go right away. And I saw my buddy Rashad was trying to launch his film uh, titled Inuati at the time. Uh, I said, hey, can we fold this in and get a pay forward opportunity here? Can can Rashad direct and I'll write and produce and we'll support him and he can direct the movie just like I got a chance to. Should he won season six. I was just on season five. Uh, so yeah, let's bring another thoroughbred in the stable and Rashad directed. The third film was Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, which was the 13th in the Puppet Master se uh, series. That was a franchise favorite from high school. I love that. Uh, and then that led to just more and more exposure, traveling around all over the, the planet, really, from China to Ecuador to anywhere, just most, mostly as a makeup representative. But that has now transitioned into the writing, producing and directing. And we've got another couple of films on deck. So, dude, that is awesome to hear. That's I the love that's the quick rundown. <laughs> and it's a lot. I mean, and of course, also. As we can see in the, the background, you have uh, some association with uh, Darth Maul as well, correct? That is true. Uh, anytime Ray Park's not around, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I fill in uh, as part of the 501st. Just got my new merch. Let me show, show that off real quick. Just got my new... There he is. There that is, is freaking yeah. awesome. The new... Uh, <clears throat> what is it? Sith Lord Detachment. So just got my new swag in. But I joined the 501st along the way because... I was already linking up with the group kind of secondarily. We would show up at the same events, me as a celebrity or whatever, or just there to help out uh, here in Nashville. There's just a local community of people that are trying to do good things, bad guys doing good as the moniker goes. Uh, and I, so I wound up uh, trying to submit. I initially submitted as Cyborg Darth Maul. I had the stilts on and everything. I was like, I'll, I'll come in just bang out a whole new character and kind of set the bar. And they were like, you did that wrong. <laughs> so uh, it was so much work. I was just like, ah, you know what? And to perform in, if you're not familiar with digigrade stilts, it's a complicated ride. They've got a new foot base that makes it easier for you to stand still. Now it was always a kind of teeter totter little dance with your feet. You couldn't just stand still. You would, you just fall over so um yeah i joined the 501st and it's been star wars ever since and then that led to doing more things to represent that this is my recent sculpture of my darth maul with the fourth seal studio eyes in there and um Damn, just a new bus all those eyes from the side they look awesome actually that's part of what inspired me to do the sculpture, man. They, that, as a fan, I just see what they're making. I was like, ah, those eyes are wicked. You know, they'd be great in a bust because normally you lose a little luster in the eyes on uh, some of the, the prop things because they're hand painted. And even if you do an excellent job, unless you do back painting on plastic or glass, you don't get that, that luster, that shine. 
And Four Seal added the painting on foil to these so it catches any light in the room and just reflects it right back at you. That is crazy. Now, Brent, do you think you can paint uh, glass eyes? Do you think you're at that level yet no. uh, with your painting skills? <laughs> no, my painting <laughs> skills are crap. Like you Your guys, Ewoks were looking mate. good. I think they're they're pretty good. I, I think mean, you're a fine painter. I've seen I've seen the work so far. Eh, it's okay, but practice uh, makes like, perfect, man. Right. But so there. Alfie says Alfie says that I do pretty good. But he had a mythosaur, a mythosaur um, about this big, probably three inches in size, skull, three D printed. That I basically had to slap three colors on and do like a different couple washes to make it look like I did the bone look. So I did it with like highlight. I mean, I highlighted it, but it's essentially three different colors. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, but to That's... give it that variety, it looks like he might be getting up to get it to show it. He's off. gonna go grab it. Yeah. I also I mean, did. I also highlight did, low light. Yeah, a little style. bit. Trying you're, to get you're into, good. Like, the shades. Trying to get the shades in there. Like I mean, I use. I, I've gotten into this over the last three years because of my Star Wars nerddom. Um, while he's doing that, I'll go ahead and get into my Star Wars nerddom, but I'm going to ask one question before that. So I recorded every episode of Face Off, and I just want to know from a person who was on that show, how intense are those? There's a mythosaur. Oh, nice. See? See? Look at Awesome. And and check out that he painted this for me. This is the Boba Fett. Oh, hang on, let me let me go on and get in tight. Absolute banger. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had fun with that one too. Yeah, see, you get plenty. Of, you get some good wash in there. Yeah, yeah that like, one. That yeah. was fun to put the wash Turned in. Out. I got some dirt in the corners. Great. Like, but anyways, like, but uh, so yeah, how Brent, intense? How intense is the the actual competition for like that? The one, whatever the the main competition for a couple days. How intense is that two days or whatever, three days of work? Uh, it's, it's fairly unprecedented. It's okay. definitely not, not standard in the industry because you're, you're on active filming time. So it's as though you're just filming on set, but you're, you're not just acting, you're not doing, you're trying to get your job done while everybody watches. And normally these are three week, six mm. weeks, uh, depending on what the contract is, or for music videos, a week, but at least a week. Right, <laughs> so right, right. You're, you're getting 24 hours, 36 24, hours. Uh, including logistics, because it's not all done in the same place. So there's company moves where everybody will hop into a van. You can't talk, <laughs> and you all hop into a silent van ride. You go across Burbank and go to a different place to do the judging. And so do all oh, your do characters. So like, the oh, yeah. Stage, so the workspace and the sound yeah, stage the are judging, in the same spot. Judging areas uh, across town from the makeup studio where we do the all the lab work. Okay, so now... And the clock is the clock. So everything, everything is what they present on the show, except for maybe a little just what they focus on tilting yeah. the scale on drama for just being interesting. Right, but so like as far as the time, as far as the challenge, as far like there's no pausing of that for like that's lunch. What there's it is? No, like, you, we do have a lunch break, so they'll, they'll pause the clock because that's that's work. You, you can't be expected sure. to just okay. I was, okay. Uh, I was so yeah, the, the clock stops for that, and but, we all have a everybody cast and crew. So we all take our lunch break, and it was always you know we're in California, so it's what's for chicken. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's no reason to ask what was for lunch. It was always chicken of some sort. Um, but when you go out, you'd have your break, 
you know, everybody, you know, because a lot of it's union stuff, especially, you know, relevant to what's going on right now. So, yeah, you can take your break. Uh, we don't get the like the 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but, you know, it's a it's a regulated uh, film shoot. And so you get your breaks that you need to and restrooms and stuff are available. Refreshments, all that stuff is normal. Um, but it's very intense. It's the most intense, depending on how your mindset is. If you're used to hustling and working in front of people, probably won't feel as heavy and make your heart race as much. But if you're not used to that, a lot of the kids are coming straight out of school. So this is the, kind of their first real makeups, even that, that wasn't their final. So except for on my season, you had the veterans, which had already been on that show before. Mm. So they had the advantage, at least uh, on the outside looking in, yeah, yeah, of having been in the studio and knowing where the stuff is in the room. Uh, but they balance that out. The first thing, like, all right, we'll show you where everything is because it's kind of we we've, we've been here before. That's not fair. So the the players leveled anything that was imbalanced. That it was awesome. awesome. It was a great time. It was uh, pretty hectic because you're just moving so fast, but it was and awesome. So, it changed my so life. The other, yeah. So that was the next question. Like you always hear. So I I'm addicted to competition shows, right? So when I found <laughs> that one, it was amazing. Competition, like, because it's amazing what. Under the under the pressure and the creativity, I guess this is where I knew that I was a creative at heart. Um, I will also say I'll, on this show, I'm a Project Runway fan for the exact same reason that I loved Face Off, right? Because I don't care if it's a dress, but to go from a sheet of fabric into something that looks like that in 24 hours or 48 hours of work is to me is like that's that's amazing. Same yeah. thing with you guys, but at the, any anytime somebody gets removed, uh, they they don't win the competition. They always say that like this was the greatest experience of my life. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot, like a lot about the craft. Do you feel that that is true? I think most everybody, if they're really being honest, has a very high bar set from that experience on their kind of life experience because it's unique if nothing else. Uh, and it does with the time, it drives you to do something. And if you can even get halfway close, that's so much faster than you normally do. So if you pull off a halfway decent makeup on face off, then under normal circumstances, you're probably really good. <laughs> because you've been in one arm's tied behind your back and you're having to go like super fast. It's really, it's tough. You have everything that you need except time. And, you know, when you spin that wheel around that quality wheel, the other two are going to suffer because you, you don't have the time that you need. Um, but you do have the time that you need for television. And that's what they right. did. They kept compressing it down until there was failure. And then they put the mark just above that. And we all rose to meet it. So they did the best they could. Uh, and the production team, just uh, everybody, you know, from the casting to the actual production, to the little bit of follow-up that there was after uh, was all just top-notch. Uh, and I, there's always, a, at all the conventions, there's always the questions, hey, are you going to go again? And it was 13 seasons, and there's been a lot of conversation now when things go dormant, when things pick back up again, after right. things get resolved, and I believe that they will, um, that that would be a thing that would be fresh again now with a, a bit of a break. Uh, and there's still, there's a lot of things that you could still have done. We were always wanting to see, and part of why we started making our movies is that we wanted to see those things that we made 
in something mm-hmm. afterward, you know, but they, they own, you know, universal uh, NBC or whatever owns all the IP stuff related to those images. Um, but at the same time, they were, they were really free about that. I think um, one or the two of the people used those things and made movies with them and everything seems cool. Um, and that's awesome to have that freedom to help keep that going because ultimately it all goes back. You know, more people will watch the show like you have mm-hmm. it all. And it's a family show, like a Project One Way, where people are taking just two jars of something or a big roll of fabric. And by the end of their ability, yeah. you have something that wasn't before. And I think that's just fantastic. So is, is prop like so what part of the costuming do you get the biggest kick out of? Is it the makeup? Is it the prop? Is it the costume? Um, what part really is like your like your creative juices that gets you going? Like where do you dive in the most? Well, I think that's part of what's led me to the career that I'm following the most now, um, which is the culmination of all those put together. Like when you get the full costume, the full look, especially with the creature inside. If you guys saw the video of um, James Mez Banks uh, as the Demogorgon on stage with the, the head going and everything that being on, on stage with it going live in front of people at that point, that that's, that's where I wanted to be. So that directing and getting all the, the fabric because this uh, costume over here beside me was all uh, handmade by Sherry Di Giovanna, the uh, costume designer on both of my films and uh, watching her do her work is just as inspiring as anything that I might watch or listen to or something, you know, cause it's, it's the same, like the project runway. You're like, it, it's another professional mm-hmm. at the top of their game delivering, you know, these are high linen, all leather, like, cause that's how I wanted to enter. Even though I didn't get the cyborg Darth Maul that I wanted, I did enter and was certified level three. Like I was like, I got to at least come in strong. You know what I mean? Just, just cause just for fun, because I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't come in at an entry level. I, I've, I've got a lot of years under my belt. And I also try to walk off the screen. That's part of it. So that part, the end result of seeing everything when you get your last looks, that, mm-hmm. that part, that's, that's my favorite part. It's the same if you quantify it to film. It's everything between action and cut. As I love it. Before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so funny because like prop making to me was pretty much foreign. Honestly, it's like I remember it was four years ago. I switched to working nights and was staying home with my kids, started watching YouTube during their nap times. That was like my time was like put the kids down for nap, throw YouTube on the TV. And I um, discovered um, tested by um, Adam Savage. And then I'm just like. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. He's a prop maker. I'm like, I know he did Mythbusters and everything, but then I realized like he was working on like, you know, props and everything. And then I'm like, oh my God, he did Star Wars. Like he did uh, stuff in the prequels. I think exclusively uh, Attack of the Clones. I think he worked the most on, if I'm not mistaken. But then I started following cosplayers who like were making their own things. Like this one guy cosplayed Chris from Australia big fan of his and it's like i don't know it's this whole world where it's kind of like i work in the trades and then i'm like hold on a second i'm like there's guys who are nerds who take these skills 
from the trades and put it into making these, um, you know, costumes and props and everything. And the props, it's like these guys are using all the tools that I would use in like, uh, you know, a wood shop or whatever. It's like, it, I don't know. It was like it was like a total new world to me. It's like I've messed around and made some little props. Look at that. So for the game, I make the terrain, right? So what you have is you have a funnel, like a, like an oil, like a funnel for a car that I have wrapped rope around with hot glue. And then this is a Quaker Oats container. So I, I cut the it. Quaker Oats container. And then if you look, it looks like wood, but that's actually a styrofoam plate. And if you take a styrofoam paper plate and you take a metal wire and go across it, it cuts in the grooves. So you have wood grooves and wood and then you just highlight it and dry brush it and give it a look to where you, now i have it could be a kashi cut i use this for sorgan which is the mandalorian season two blue krill planet so i use this as a hut for the blue krill planet nice I and this it. is with all of your scale figures that yeah this is for the game so, yep so this is for the game um it's all show everybody room. those because those are the, i was I captivated will, earlier I will, those I will, are awesome. i'll pull this out too because it's toy time so this is a poster <laughs> tube Right, so this is a poster tube with some hot glue on it to give it the ribs, um, some tissue paper, and then just dry brushed up to look like a kashik tree. Very nice, right? And then there's some peak foam at the bottom to give it like uh, roots, so mm -hmm. peak foam stuck on the side and all painted up. So then I will show some people like the newest things that they've released are Ewoks. So I was showing them, I'll show you my Wicket. Wicket's headdress is a little dark, but so if you're on YouTube, sorry for those people that aren't there. So there's my wicket that, I mean, I literally just finished him at about 8.30 this evening. I threw a couple of uh, dry brush strokes onto it to give him, like, the white belly and the white face. I have a question for you, then. When you're yeah. painting these, do you have, like, big – because I put on my spectacles to get all up close <laughs> while I'm looking. Because all the screens are even smaller on my phone. I'm like, that's I, gotta, I need a magnifying glass at yeah. this point. Do you have, like, a big magnifier or I something? do, but I don't use it because I haven't gotten used – I'm worried about, like, I'll – like, it, you have the to get used, I feel yeah, like, yeah, totally. I, because of, like, yeah, because of refraction and reflection, right? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's going to make it worse because I'm not used to it. Sure. So, and people get intimidated by it, but it's really just, I mean, I probably put slap like five strokes on that, on one of these Ewoks. That's there what I have go. right here. Yeah. I need to get one of those. This was like my father-in-law got it for me yeah. for Christmas. And was my just grandfather like, had one and I, I understand completely why now. So he, go ahead. He was basically like, I don't know if you'll ever use this, but it seems like something you could use because I build the I build little models to him, try to paint those up as well, similar to Brent. But his are smaller than mine. You need way smaller, right? <laughs> yeah, I just so, that's smaller than your fingertip, man. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. So this one's so the Ewok and the Wookiee. So the Wookiee is there. The Wookiee is actually one of the bigger models. Um, and then does he have a sword? He has. Yeah, he's got a Kashyyyk blade on it, and then a sword. Um, I had some dude, some so somebody sculpted off of the internet on Etsy, and this is the Wookiee Chief, um, and they put like a metal helmet onto it. It's harder to see because my ring light that I'm trying to use tonight is kind of washing it out for you guys. I can see that that helmet though. That's like Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings meets Star Wars. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Planet of the Apes. There's like a Planet of the Apes vibe to that helmet. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, but mm -hmm. so. That scale is just, that blows my mind. I have to work in full scale. I don't have to, but I choose to work in full scale because I like it better. It's easier for me to get all the detail. And then there's, so there's Tauntaun riders. Um, so they're riding their Tauntauns. 
Um, Very and cool. it's the game. The game is crazy. So I'm in the process of making a, uh, a Geonosis terrain, and so I had a bark speeder that I broke apart, and I'm gonna glue it on to get put that into terrain for my Geonosis board to kind of give it some little life. Between um, that getting... style of that speeder and some of the bikes from Destiny were my inspiration for the the full scale hover bike that I built for the film Convergence. I don't know if you guys saw that along the way. It's on my Instagram if you guys want to take a look at that, but. Hover bikes are just that particular yeah. design is like my favorite. I just love that, that. clone bark speeder one. Yeah, that clone yeah. era. Uh, I, just, I love some of those drop ships. Just that design mm -hmm. of those those fighters on that area. Very cool. Yeah, and so this is part. Of, so Rick, this is all part of a game called Star Wars Legion. Um, it's actually game. It's a it's like a three dimensional chess game where you create the terrain, you create the Star Wars world, um, and there's a there's a tournament coming up, Gen Con. A big yeah. tournament in, uh, yeah, yeah, big tournament in uh, just miniature board gaming and board gaming called Gen Con. It comes to Indianapolis. So next week is the uh, big tournament uh, that happens. I think there's going to be 64 players of this game. But um, when I say it's a big convention, there's probably like 10,000 people that come to it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be playing. I'm going to, because the Ewoks just came out, I'm going to go ahead and throw some Ewoks at people. Um, you got Pr Princess Leia. This is one of the first ones that I painted, so she's kind of chipping off with her paint. But that's Leia. So, yeah, they're about an inch and a half tall. They come gray plastic, and then you can model them up um, and paint them up to make them the way that you want to make them. So, that's how I wish they had done some of the hero clicks, if you remember those Marvel yes, lines. But they're already super they're already cool, but they were already right. painted. Yeah. yeah. But we customized a bunch of those anyway back in the day. My, my cousin had some of those that he liked. So uh, it's cool uh, that you guys get into this stuff like kind of almost secondarily. You mentioned YouTube videos and things that get you all into it. What got you into painting the little uh, small scale figures? So I will say that the, uh, our buddy, the guy who runs this, uh, Mr. Joe Molinero, he was talking about running the podcast. We're, we're family friends. Um, know each other kind of acquaintances and he was talking about it and then he mentioned looking in, during COVID looking online and he was getting into the Star Wars figure trading and collecting and what these guys talk about toy time these guys get into the, the figure trading and collecting mm -hmm. and when I was searching it I was searching like toys and figures and when I did that what came up was Star Wars Legion and it kept coming up and it was like one of those things was like what the heck is this it's calling and, me <laughs> right it was speaks then, to me <laughs> and then there was a there was a um, a promotional video from the company that was producing it at the time or that designed it and made it, and it was it, it was a three dimensional scene. It was like train like it's model train building, but it was mm -hmm. like that train set. It had it came from it was a, a picture from over Luke's head, looking up at an ATST with the indoor bunker set into a mountain. All of this modeled with these figures, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> Yeah, and I then, got into the Infinity scale when all those came out, the the post pre post Disney yes. game set, yeah. and then I loved the toy box line that they put out that were posable, mm -hmm. but then they just kind of fell off of some yeah. of my favorite lines. Man, come on, Disney. Th those right. are great. I mean, those were like <laughs> there's so much fun. Like, yeah, I'm, here I'll I'll run you my uh, pardon the dust and stuff over here, but I've got my little my whole little line of Grievous in the side and. The whole I love crew it. over here, and then I've got the other guys from the other series over there collecting dust because it's. I've been working in here, sorry, uh, but love yeah, it. I love those figures, man. And if they've yeah, got a new game that the 
you know, that scale is neat too because you can yeah. do a lot with them. Was that a photograph that someone? It was a promotional image. It, it was or a promotional video. It was a video. Oh, it, no, it was cool. it was a, it was a promo video from the company about the game, and they nice. came in and they like it was like a video, and they did the whole like pan tilt zoom over his head up into <laughs> like I mean it looked like a, it looks like a scene, and when you get down yeah. and you're playing the game, and part of the game is you have to have line of sight to shoot right like so this is also like when you're a kid you threw you threw dice or you threw something like threw a rock at it and if you fell down that he was wounded he put him back up or (laughs) yes as a kid you know like gi joes or whatever somebody created that into this game um and doing all that pan tilt zoom and part of the game is you have to get over the top of the head to see if you can see the enemy and then when you do that, you're like, dude, this is kind of like a little model miniature set if you create the environment to make it look like a set. So there's like that immersive, like, I actually am moving little Star Wars guys around. Somebody <laughs> said, like, if, like, at this tournament, there'll be 64 people playing, so there's going to be like 32 different table setups. Um, they may repeat the same kind of Fallujah or the same kind of Star Wars terrain, but there'll be like 32 different movies going on at one time right like you might have that the sounds rebels. awesome you might have the rebels going after the empire you might have empire on empire you might have ewoks fighting ewoks you might have ewoks fighting droids because all of the major uh factions are represented in it so i mean the last couple of weeks i feel like i've talked quite a bit about it but <laughs> well it's now, cool I... that you guys get into it from different angles uh my buddy tim o'sullivan who i mentioned in one of my posts kind of promoting the, the episode we got here uh, he's an Air Force veteran, just an incredible guy, just human being. And But he's only like four years maybe deep into starting at home with 3D printing and learning mm-hmm. and doing and videos and reaching out to people. And it's like top of the game, like doing some just incredible stuff right now. If you get a chance, just check out what he's doing online. Um and that's some of the stuff that we're involved in on the side. I'm actually about to start on my Thorian character, full sculpt for a new, new character. I've got just standalone, you know, your own personal take on a Star Wars, not a, not an on-screen character, not canon in any way, but so done properly, talking, might be able to walk on screen and become canon. Just saying. You're talking about like the the homeboy, yeah, Hammerhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what are you gonna do? But, so here's yeah. another thing that I'm in the middle what of up? making. Speaking of toys, yeah, yes. what it do. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, so, that was one of my favorites as a kid. I have a buddy that wants a Hoth-themed board, so I made the Ion Cannon. Nice. Went to the dollar store and found a couple different guns, glued them together when you paint them up, and then this is going to be the Ion Cannon. It's in the beginning stages of it. Very cool. That's, or the, that's the best or part the nip, about Or the nipple gun, if you want to call it that. Yes. That's the best part about like making that stuff is it's like I've made the the uh, lightsaber hilts out of yeah. my plumbing parts. And it's like the, that, that was just a thing one day when it was like I was slow at work and I had a bunch. I actually have them right here. Actually, Here's the one I made out of uh, copper right here. And it was like this thing was like I just had all this stuff laying around and I made I soldered all of this together and made this. It's got like a scratch cloth on it. Mm-hmm. for like the grip and everything and i had some wires laying around and yeah like it and i was just i love this awesome. thing like if i if i was a jedi like this would be the lightsaber <laughs> i want although although to fit two hands on it it's a little bit wonky i should have made this like 
one inch longer and it would have been a better grip but just gotta get your golf grip exactly yeah yeah. lock the fingers yeah (laughs) but our boy only fights with one hand so it works d-doc that's true and i did do one these are just uh straight up sink drainage parts uh this is a double a dual lightsaber straight up out Mm -hmm. of this is like uh your where your uh bathroom sink would drain oh yeah had all these scraps laying there that these were never going to be used and these are the nuts that tighten up to the bottom of them I mean, it's, it's crazy. Got a, it's got a Luke Skywalker esque. Uh, yeah, look how close that is yeah. to malls. Anyway, like that's very similar. Yeah, that was the inspiration. Whole... These were uh, these were lights from elevator uh, controls that were just mm-hmm. old. I pulled them out. They happened to snap right in. This is where your pop up, uh, your sink pop up would be to like pop your little stopper up and down and put some lights in there and stuff. And I just threw some wires in it. And I was going to do more with this, and I was like. This is simple. I'm like, this is like almost like a, you know, high Republic style uh, lightsaber hilt. So yeah, anything with a little shine on it. Yeah, it's either exactly you know, somebody wealthy, somebody like a Leia or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a Palps and uh, or high Republic era, which is th- that stuff is super cool. That's what uh, has me. So like if you walk into Tim's basement, uh, not basement, but the, the lower floor of his house or whatever, it's. It might as well be you're, you're in Lucasfilm, a Skywalker Ranch or something like it's the, the characters are just there, you know, because you're just fans like us. I've had a career, you know, 20 something years now of working for the different companies and in the industry, Universal, Disney, that kind of stuff, um, building the stuff, you know, for clients. But, but I don't get to keep <laughs> to keep any of it. Uh but when you're building for yourself, like you've done, you get that's your piece and you're, you're just super proud of it. And it's in your personal collection, your PC at the house. I've got my comics and now I'm trying to add some personal things now at this point in my career where I have a little bit of time for things for me, maybe. Um, but that's that's what I find so cool about a lot of you all that have picked this stuff up and are learning it through whatever means and then what you're able to produce. It's it's incredible because it's taken people like me 20 years to develop it. And then there's this information wave that happened 10 years ago that now everybody at home can do special effects or you're able to um, do cosplay stuff. And the people that are doing it and then making the videos are top notch. I follow, I follow quite a few people, uh, lightning cosplay, Kaumi cosplay. Like there's a, a couple of the, the ladies that are just making such high quality video you know they get some of them have their dudes in the background they're all sculpting and helping and oh Kamu and making, yeah like, you Kamu's know, I mean, there's, amazing there's just a bunch of people out there um just doing things tris tris rex my buddy you know just making things on a gigantic scale um and these are people that have just learned at home they're not professionally trained they haven't worked for companies uh, or done the things that you know a lot wasn't available unless you did something like that as i yeah. came up through it and now it's just ah oh, i wish i had that when i was a kid kind of <laughs> does that scare you for the industry does that in, does that intrigue nah, you, you that's so a boon for the industry come on bring it <laughs> no i i need the talent it's it's perfect for this time in my career uh it's wonderful to see how awesome some of these things are I, it's like imagining trying to compete with that cat that's out there with that that drum guitar guitar 5000 i just found that how do you even imagine to play that instrument that way or 
there's a drummer I follow on TikTok. I, Andre something. I can't remember. I'll, I'll put it in the link later on. Um, just sitting there drinking coffee and just everything that you can, the most heavy, the fastest jazz, the most complicated. And it's light work to this dude. They just, cause you grew up on heavier and heavier or faster and faster things. Any kid that grew up with Metallica was Pantera level. If they put in the work, any kid that grew up with Pantera became Mashuga and Gojira and the, the next heaviest that gets heavier and more complicated because you're, that's what you grew up with. That's what you learn from. And it's already so complicated. It, it's mind blowing. So I love all these uh, people that are coming up and learning. Uh, if they're going to compete, please, it's, it's an open market. There's room for all of us at the top too. That's what's wrong with some of what's going on right now in the industry. There's plenty of room for everybody. It's not a competition. It's an expression. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I need to get into that show because honestly, that's like, that's a piece of content of yours that I haven't even watched yet is, is this show that you guys are talking about on sci-fi. I have never watched face it. off. It, it's yeah. Start off. at the beginning. It, it, it's, it's awesome. It's all the way through to watch, but it's, it's been uh, off for probably about five years. Like it was, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like it was two or three years before COVID is when they kind of like the last one that I remember seeing. You know, it's, it's season long seasons. Uh, yeah, it's it's broken down. They're like usually about 16 competitors yep. Yep. and it's broken down episodic. It's on, like I said, most platforms and it's that weekly yeah. or sh- showly elimination. Yeah. Somebody's got to go every time. Who's it going to be? And that sucks for all of us because, you know, when you're competing, that's one thing. But then you all ride in the van back to the nice, beautiful mansion that they they provided for us, which was, man, that was super, super nice. No, um, Another question: but is, you You're all together and you you like each other. No, you couldn't leave. You couldn't talk with the outside world. Like you're totally sequestered. So even if you got kicked off week two, you were still there. Uh, depending on how it was structured, that you okay. would be you would be removed from general population. Gen pop, they're gonna take you out. There. <laughs> <laughs> they're, <laughs> you they're gonna put you in a different. They're gonna put yeah, you in a less you big mansion. Put you in solitary and you know, <laughs> deal with you later. Um, but no, it was all just pampered treatment. Uh, but there was a process for onboarding and out, out processing. You got to make sure everybody's okay, uh, including psych. Like there's there's people there looking out for you because you just you just lost. Like you okay, man? Oh, you you okay? You good? You know. So there are people looking out for your mental health as well, and that's important. A lot of people look over all of that because it is very stressful, depending on how you perceive it. And how I was a firefighter veteran and uh emergency donor or organ donor processor so i've been about around a little bit more high level things that are as far as intensity and trauma or something like that so cameras moving around and i've been in production for a number of years just making television commercials and things here locally um and had a business you know so that was the main thing is take i gotta put all my business on pause and go make PA rate on a show out of town. So you can't, you can't manage, you can't call, you can't keep your clients going. That was the biggest push for some of the older people that had studios or shops. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, I love that. I love shows like that. Like I'm, I'm big, like forged and fire fan. And oh, like, yeah. that's why I, I, I need, I need a plumbing competition where like <laughs> you have, you have like, you set up scenarios <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Who can, who can unclog the poopy toilet? You basket? set up like four hey. fake bathrooms, and it's like they're you know the same problem as in each. You can't see your other contestants, and it's like who can diagnose the problem, fix it the fastest, and have it done correctly. I feel like that would be a great like a it, great it like, would uh, be what's awesome. Show. I was just about to say there's this guy on TikTok that I follow that, and I was like, oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I see a plumber in my feed in my FYP or one of my, I was like, oh, that catch you now that I look a little closer. Yes. So yeah, yeah you have good content, man, because it is Thank it's you. interesting to see what people go through in whatever your chosen field, because you can get to expert level in anything, and it takes somebody for everything. At this most recent con with Santiago Cirillo and and the guys uh, down in Arkansas. You know, there was a, a lady who was a special needs person. There was uh, another writer that was doing the book. There's all the artists, you know, it, it you can be a specialized person and deliver a game, Im impressive and captivating content from any field. Absolutely. Uh, that's how I get, that's how I lose the most time, I think, is watching. There's this guy on uh, Instagram that I picked up that does an automotive paint job where he's grinding the metal first and then he lays down a candy color and then he lays down something over it and then when you bring the light over it you see all of the metal work shine through and I, I, that's why i don't have any hair it blew my hair right off <laughs> I, I was like what is this because it's the same unique approach to to the art and whatever your chosen art is art or not science math you know teaching whatever it is care it, it's impressive to watch people do their thing Absolutely. Uh, that's why I just always feel like I'm just trying to learn stuff like all the time now from that's why it's like, you know, people will say like the Internet can be bad, but it's like all of these examples and things we're talking about right now. It's like I didn't even know Alfie and Brent and Joe. I met them through listening to the podcast and then I flew out to ICCC this year, which you were at ICCC this year too, right? We never ran into I was there, there both actually. years. No, I was actually, I was there with my daughter just to support Adam and the Journey to the Dark Side premiere of uh, Adam's short film that I got a chance to be a part of. So I was only there for the premiere. Uh, we, we stayed long enough to go through and shop and we spent some money and got some cool stuff, but uh, we watched the the star wars rebels panel right after us for sure because we were already like we my daughter was already sick i was like save my seat because i want to be in the panel i want to sit there and watch and you know watch all these voice actors and yeah. hear what they because and some of them are veterans and some of them were, it was their first time i was like wow because that's that's something that i i get into on the side i'm about to narrate one of uh, santi's books so uh and i did uh, some adr as mall for the journey to the dark side so ICCC was, is here in Nashville, so it's a thing that it puts an in-person component to meeting all of you guys um, in the digital space. Uh, it's an event that, you know, now that the, most of the restrictions are lifted and everything's safe again, that you're like, hey, I can see you in person. And so like the first year where we got our picture is, you know, with me as mall and you guys are there in booth and stuff where you're just trying to see what you can see the next time. It was, oh, I'm just coming at the next time. It's going to be, hey, let's sit down. Let's hang out for a little while. I'm, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. So it's a great way to, to bring that online together in the real world. So I just want to share, you say everybody can be great at whatever they do. I really think that Alfie wires up bombs. 
because every time he sends us pictures, there's nothing but circuit boards They're and wires. Not bombs. He's <laughs> <laughs> working with some high level electronic shit that's like, yes, uh, are you gonna blow the world here? Like, yeah, the pictures that you send us actually scare up the me world. to look at sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they do blow up, but it's not on purpose. <laughs> so what do you do? You uh, wiring electronics, uh, LEDs, uh, uh, like um, PLCs, uh, VFD drives, servo drives, things like that. Nice. I, I, yeah, I'm, we're we're doing more and more industrial electrical panels, things like that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's that gets if it's not on a battery level, Rick, don't mess with that because that yeah. Is, no, a lot of it is on the vaporized level. What does that mean, vaporized level? It means if he touches it, he's going to vaporize him. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that's a whole different <laughs> placard on the it side. Means of there's the... enough amps running through those machines to power. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah, on those on those uh, th panels, they have a picture of a guy touching it, and the next picture is um, like Thanos turning to it's dust. The snap. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> The snapping is is real in some electrical situations, most certainly. I love it. Well, while while we brought up that um, journey to the dark side uh, topic, uh, do you want to tell us what it was like uh, filming that? Because all of us have watched that, um, you know, short film, and you know, you had an appearance in it as Darth Maul. So, like, uh, how did you get into that? Did you know? Uh, are you like mutual friends with the director? Did they reach out to you to to play Maul in it? Like, how did everything pan out with that? Um, so I just want everybody to know, let me take a little sip of my beverage here. <clears throat> Thanks to my daughter. Galaxy. Love Thanks to my daughter, Taya, for that. Um, <clears throat> we're in no way affiliated, not sponsored, not removing ourselves from or distancing in any way. It's just how it works out, bro. Um, so we met at the ICCC. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot that just kind of goes back to that. I was mauled there cosplaying because it was the first time I had just completed my Darth Maul for the 501st. So this is my first troop. Hey, I'm going out in public first time representing the 501st officially this time instead of just being there with you guys. And I'm going to go sit in my seat at the Weird Al show. You guys go up on stage. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, so it was my first official troop. So I'm out there as Maul, like the day we got our photo, um, just repping, doing my thing. And standing next to me, stepped right off the screen, acting in character the whole time is Kylo Ren. I mean, it's not, it's Kylo Ren the whole time, you know, kids come up, bam, he's doing the, you know, all the posing, everything delivering just top notch. And I've casted as the casting director, the, the movies that we've worked on. So I, I like watching an actor work. I, I just like that. So that's how I met Adam. He was Kylo Ren and Shortly after that, he reached out and was like, hey, I'm doing this short film. Would you in any way be interested in reprising your role and putting on that red and black that you have to take off so painfully? <laughs> it's all alcohol-based makeup. So it takes like two and a half hours to put on. It takes about an hour of just uh, washing your face off with alcohol. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but I love it. Once I get about halfway in, I'm like, why am I doing this? And then once I get right at the end, I'm like, that's why, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I do love it, but it's, it's a, a character I love to hate, which is good for channeling the energy once you're in character. So he was like, come out, let's shoot. 
we actually met today as a matter of fact adam and i we uh had a i had a beverage at uh, the frothy monkey here in nashville with which is a great networking meeting place there's a couple of them around town just a coffee shop sitting there talking star wars for an hour or two about the sequel so we had so much fun making the first one which is super indie level i mean it's really the production is achievable by any person that can get to the most basic type of cameras you can get at the you know local shop or walmart or something like that just wherever you can get the gear um but what's what he was able to do with it was blowing me away i was like these these kids are working and the acting was great so the, it was again just watching really talented people just having fun doing what they do and i get a chance to actually act as mall usually i'm performing as mall which is a different thing. So I, I love being on both sides of the camera. I just am normally behind the camera watching actors because actors are better at acting typically unless I'm trying to act, in which case I get to be among them and try to do the best job I can. And that's where we were, uh, just having a good time telling stories that fill the gap in between the the sequel episodes. You know, this is uh, the content is goes right along so you can make a, a longer edit and cut these scenes in there if you wanted to absolutely which is awesome he, he created all this stuff and this young man is blowing me away just like super creative just very thoughtful uh, just a professional and if you need a kylo ren man, or an actor I've, i just cast him today in a little short film that i'm working on uh, coming out just because he's he's just talented so yeah, get behind the people. Everybody, Ricky, everybody that was in it is just the the Vader is just a game Vader. It's just just a lot of fun to be around people having fun. That's how you never work a day in your life. <clears throat> Absolutely, Alfie or Brent, do you guys have any questions about the uh, the the uh, short film that we watched? Yeah, uh, how did they? What was the decision making behind the Sith Lords that were shown? Because I really got a kick out of that, especially the Darth Nihilus. Nihilus is a big hit because you know yeah, you pleasant gotta, surprise. Yeah, deep cut um, because it's not canon after the big decision. So um, you have to have read or played games or be off the beaten path content wise to even know about who Nihilus is. Um, the choices uh, based on what's going on actively and there were past spoiler alerts. I'm not going to worry about that. So if you're understanding the tool that Snoke is, and then as the movies progressed, the implementation that's coming from Palpatine of all these different characters, if, if Snoke is a puppet and he's in Kylo's head with all these different voices all throughout and ultimately all of them potentially are Palpatine, well, that opens up the door to everything Palpatine knows. And so the, the thought, pro that's what was kept when I read the script. He, you know, he was like, hey, you want to be in my Star Wars thing? And I've, I've been asked that for a couple of things. And I've said yes to, I think, pretty much all of them. Uh, and this is the first one that actually panned out. And it was also very good. It's the second or third really good script that someone has written in that Star Wars universe. And related to the sequel trilogy is is rare because you know the fan base is still kind of split on that 
uh, it's a generational thing. I think maybe we all understand that the one you grew up with is probably the one you accept more and you might reject another one that wasn't the one you grew up with. Uh, I like them all, so I'm not worried about that. I favor certain ones over the others, but the content and the world building is what I'm there for. So there's things to love in all of them. So this, this kid just wrote some stuff in the threads in between. And I was like, let's do it. So Nihilus was just one of those Easter egg kind of things. And there's more. You know, we talked about the sequel today that he's, he's written and it's good as well. And I think if you like the first Journey to the Dark Side, then you're going to love the, the second part of it. I love it. I love it. And I like that it's it's doing good numbers on YouTube and everything. And it's been pretty successful. You know, it's a, it's a, I, I think it was over 20,000 views or so on on the work. So, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. exciting to see that stuff get appreciated and get viewed, because honestly, it's like you put something out on YouTube, you have no clue what it's going to do. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you might get 200 views and it might be something great. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you don't know. So it's like, or the one person that shares it, that has the big following that is that tastemaker or something that blows your numbers out the roof and it becomes viral. Uh, That's the kind of thing, you know, if you guys watch um, Star Wars shorts on YouTube or whatever, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched some of yeah, them. Yeah, like Maul Cosplay and some of the other people that, that have their, their shorts. He's a fantastic Maul, like, so, and a bunch of other characters, too. Uh, but their, their short film that they made, uh, Maul Apprentice, w- was just top-notch. And they also released a making of. So at some point, the torch will pass. And if you're showing not only competency, but the game recognizes game man so i'm excited to see people like like those guys mall cosplay making their content adam making his content me being able to get a part of that um we're able to help him this time my buddy ryan featherston is uh gonna dp the next one for us so we that's what we that's my man that we shot both of my features with so he's he's agreed to try to help us out with this and we're gonna have some fun and step up the level of production to feature film quality and see what see what mr adam can do absolutely man just supporting you know supporting our fellow artists man that's what we try to do is lift each other up here man yeah yeah it was it was really i i I really enjoyed the story i'm like i could not imagine if that was actually in the movie i think the the entire crowd would have collectively like shit themselves if that happened live like in in the force awakens like that like that i thought that storyline was really good and i'm like you know th- that line that ray says to him held weight you know you're, you'll never be as good as darth vader and it's like you know he walks away just like did she really say that to me like that hit him right in his soft spot you know it was like uh, i thought it was great i loved how his eyes turned too when he called um wasn't that a vader great effect Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And these, these guys are just doing it. Uh, Cameron and Adam and the team that they have are all just doing it out of their own homes, much like all of you guys are, like Tim, like a bunch of these creators are doing. Tris, everybody's just doing the best they can with the assets they have. And so when I saw what he was able to deliver, and for you guys that haven't seen it, please go check it out on YouTube, support Adam and what's going on. It's not it's not for profit. It's just for sharing. It's, it's Star Wars. It's Disney content. So just check it out. Like, support. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hated. But tell us. 
Um, because man, when his eyes go Sith, which is what happens for all those just listening, that's a scene you don't really see happen in Star Wars on screen very often where you, you, your intensity cranks up to the point where you, your rage changes your eye color on screen. So that, yeah. I, th- I saw a lot of people react to that. We actually um, talked about that today. Um, and if you're talking about deep cuts, there's more of that stuff coming. The sequel is very cool. Uh, I'm talking about reprising my role here. So there's, there's other characters. If you like Nihilus, you know, wait till you get a load of what Adam has in store. It's, <laughs> it's very cool to watch, watch this thing get built and to, to be a part of any of that on any level is, is just fun. So that's what we're doing, man. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's like your your voiceover was excellent too for uh, Maul because I was like, I, I had to listen to it two times because I was like, wait a second. I'm like, did they grab a clip from like Clone Wars there? Because I'm like, that sounds nice. Like I'm <laughs> oh, not trying I'm, to hype you up too much here, but that was dude. Nice. <laughs> I'm here in the mic. I'm 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 tracking and I've got my headphones on. I've got everything ready, and I'm like. You will suffer, as I, and I was like, oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. you know. And by the end of it, I, I got to the performance that I was listening to it and just making sure which one I was going to send to Adam. And I was like, "Uh oh, I'm having fun now." You know, okay. And that's why I love doing it. Why I'm trying to narrate this book because um, uh, casting. I don't. You guys like Dragon Ball Z? I watched it as a young as a young dude. Boy. I grew up on Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z just through and through. And my friend now, Sean Schimmel, Goku, the voice actor that I've grown up with my whole life, is on my phone. Every time he calls, it's Goku calling me on the phone. It's it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. This is part of the the business that I love is that kind of inspiration from people just by their voice and being able to get into character as Darth Maul. Uh, you know, because he was voiced by a different person in episode one than Ray Park, you know, so there's always this uh, sharing. And then you got Sam Witwier, legend game, <laughs> just to live up to. So I'm sitting here listening to Sam most of the time uh, and then referencing some episode one. I, I space on the original actor that did the voiceover work there. But um, just being inspired by those people and then not having the paint on, not having any of that, but being able to hear yourself grow into character on the mic is a fun stuff. You guys are doing all these podcasts and stuff. So you're in the editing booth, listening to yourselves later. It can be a lot of fun, man. That's all I'm saying. It can be a lot of fun. And for, for the industry, man, it should always pay better. Everything, every job in the whole thing, everybody for a moment, just pause for the cause. Most people work an eight hour day and are like, Oh, grueling. Most production people are burning 12 hour days. And it's ridiculous. And that's a standard. And you go home and you're, you're waking up tired. You're driving dangerous because you're not rested. So what's going on with the strike is just to support your other fellow people out there working just as hard in a different job. So when you hear anything going on, it's like less than 1% from that top profit to change and make everybody's health care paid for. So just... For the little little soapbox moment there, just to help all of my people out, because there's a lot of us out here right now kind of on pause. So, um, And you guys love the content. That's what it's all about is making these stories. And bringing that stuff to life is work. It's a lot of work. Speaking of, I'm fading fast. 
It was awesome talking to you. Thank you for asking, uh, answering the uh, the face-off stuff. Uh, Most certainly. Fantastic show. Uh, peace out, everybody, from Rule the Galaxy. I'm out. Um, have a good one, guys. I got school, I, school time, Brent. Dude, That's I, it. Yeah, I got to. Today. Different time zone, too. Give me, give me about two weeks to get into shape. I'm just not back into shape yet. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Nice talking Bye, with Brent. you, man. Uh, Peter Serafinowix was a voice actor in episode one. There he is. Fantastic job. Peter Serafinowix? Yes. Yes. Visually, I I, I recognize his face. And, you know, but getting to that name is one of those. Like, ah, that's that iPhone. Pull it up. (sighs) Yeah, there it is. Yeah, props to him. Yeah. As as you were saying though, Rick, like I really like as you were saying, we all love we all love the content and everything, and like that's the best part is like we do this podcast once a week. You know, it's like we we talk about Star Wars. Sometimes it's like we will start an episode and we'll think we know what we're 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 going to talk about, and it's like even tonight with tonight's episode, never works. Yeah, we 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 just (laughs) we start chopping it up, and and it leads to where it leads. But uh, it's all because of like love of movies and talking yeah. about all that stuff and everything. And, you know, we all love it. So, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I hope everything sorts itself out. I hope everything everyone finds, uh, you know, a common ground, as you said, and things things get worked out because this is like it, it's our escape from, uh, you know, life and everything. You know, it's like that's why I have all this uh, stuff behind me and everything. It's like the, the same. Oh, this is another thing I built. Same right thing. Here, actually. That's cool. I, built, I, was, uh... I was eyeballing that. I was going to ask you, you know, maybe when we got off. But yeah, man, is that something you built yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, th- this awesome. was a this was a this was probably like a six to eight hour build. Actually, I like grind. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> nice. I, I saw some out. stuff. Yeah, I saw some stuff on YouTube and I was like, all right, I'm going to do that for cheaper. I had a piece of scrap plywood and uh, pretty much all you had to do was make a ton of marks on the plywood and just get a hole saw and sit there with your hole saw and then get your jigsaw and connect all the holes, which I was like, when I mapped everything out on this wood, I got totally sidetracked off what we were talking about. But when I mapped everything out on this wood, I was looking at it. And I was just like, this might look really bad when I'm done with this. And I just started drilling all those holes and it, it turned out good. And pretty much I saw a guy's video where he said, just make a box and paint the entire inside of it white. And I only have two led strips on each side. Well, Mm -hmm. one, one on each side, all that light reflects off. This is um, white plastic uh, drop cloth from home Depot for like $5. That's the window on it. Uh, This plastic sheeting. Yeah, oh, wow. this is just I would have plastic thought it was sheeting. A, like a plexi or something like that. No, yeah, that's why hey. my daughter was down here one day and was like, is this a trash bag? Oh, and I'm oh, like, yeah. it kind of is. I'm <laughs> like, don't push it too hard. <laughs> that's awesome. See, that's the kind of thing that you can get to on the ingenuity side that I've always appreciated. It's that inventive nature that is some of the most rewarding thing that you can have is the success of an invention or thought process that worked out. Yeah. You're just like, yes, sweet. And you get to stand there and look at and be proud and just kind of geek out at your own stuff for a minute. That that's okay too. You know, everybody that's out there kind of trying to sling your work, myself included, you know, we're, we're our own worst critics, but at some point, man, take a step back and look at your work and be like, you know what? That's pretty, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
that's what I was going to say. Like, you don't really realize it kind of when you're in it. It's like, you, you, you know, you know, all of your imperfections and everything. It's like, I could do, I could do a bathroom remodel and I could know that on one piece of tile, like it chipped when I was like scraping something off of it. And I might be the only one who knows that or whatever. It's like, like you said, everyone's their own critic, but, uh, that's one thing about the social media is it's like, I created a, the page just, I created my page doing like tips and stuff like that, not having any thoughts that it would do anything. I just did it to make it easier to give people tips because I always had people ask me how to fix stuff. I'm like, I'm going to make videos that I can just send to them. So I'm not on the phone with them or <laughs> yeah. FaceTiming or like texting 30 times. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you got a problem with your garbage disposal. Here's this one. There you go. And then I started getting views. I was like, Oh man. I was like, actually like, this could help a lot of people out. Like, I'll just keep doing this. Whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. The content is good, man. Keep it up. Appreciate it. And so. what about you, Alfie? Like, um, which which aside outside of your super super dangerous, what's your favorite favorite geek stuff that you got going on? Oh, man. For me, it's all about collecting Black Series. You know, nice. I, I'm I'm a big toy guy, so most of my yeah. free time is spent. If I've got, you know, an extra 15 or 20 minutes, I, I'm stopping at a store somewhere looking. Yeah, I've shifted over to comics from my toys, uh, and I still have quite a few toys, but uh, it wound up being like the monster wall, you know, because I, I like the 18-inch, mm -hmm. you know, figures that were coming out for a while back in the 90s. And it, it wound up being a very kind of cumbersome collection to have. And then when I saw this is a DIY project that um, I was able to do online with just uh, it's the stuff that holds up the exterior vinyl siding for your home. Yes. It's just a little mm -hmm. J channel. J channel. Yeah. And you just, I sprayed it all black and it Damn, holds the that's a great perfect. idea. Oh, it's, it's so cool. You can look that stuff up online. It's awesome. Uh, and it, it's easy to get in and out. Of course I have to slot them all around cause I've got the corner and they all have to come out one way. Um, <laughs> But it's easy to swap out the content on the wall, which is something that I do like. And that kind of collecting, I'm like you. I'm like, oh, there's a comic shop. My wife's like, all right, I'll drop you off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll circle around, do my thing, and come back. Oh, yeah, she knows. If I'm, you know, late getting home from work, well, where did you stop? Did they have anything? <laughs> what did you buy? <laughs> I've got into cleaning and preserving now um, because, uh, you know, I'm an artist. I started in 2D and then I transitioned into 3D and then into the filmmaking medium uh, in cinema. But I started as a 2D artist and McFarlane was one of my, that was my hero when I was 15 or whatever, when I saw the, the first, I think I saw his Batman first and I was like, <gasps> Batman's capes alive. I was like, I knew it, Batman's Capes Alive. But it's not. It's just the way he drew it. I was like, that. And so since it wasn't, Spawn's Cape sure was alive. Yeah, and I was Spawn's like, my was. man, he did it. Like, that was part of what I wanted to see because of how cool the cape design was. So when he got a hold of Spider-Man, I was, I'm in. All the way in. Because Spidey has always been my favorite comic character. And, you know, rivaling Hellboy when Hellboy came out. Because I'm a big Mignola fan. But, um that was just a thing I could appreciate. So I like being able to catch this artwork that might otherwise be lost to time, care for it, clean it. I like the grading process. If it's one that's viable for getting graded uh, and then seeing how well the job you did at preserving this piece of artwork from legends that uh, a lot of which are gone now. So 
it's just a cool different thing to collect people are collecting vhs tapes now which i i never would have thought but anything that becomes not a thing at some point and goes into legend you know somebody what was it we were talking about earlier and somebody hadn't seen or didn't know what it was it's that if you want generation sinead o'connor yeah uh rest in peace but if you didn't um if you weren't around for that, you wouldn't know, and then that would become a collector's item. Yeah, a neighbor of mine collects laser discs. <laughs> yeah, dude, oh, I did not. My know. My buddy Bob Ziegler, he had all of the laser discs ever. I think. I, I saw my shout out to uh, this guy Ron Swan on um, TikTok, Instagram. He he just has a garage where he collects just a bunch of old school stuff. Real cool guy, mutual follower. Me and him just like talk feel like I know him. I've never even had like a personal conversation with him, but I never saw Laserdisc until he popped one of those in. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is like a record meets giant CD. Like, check this out. I'm like, what? I can remember watching Star Wars on Laserdisc when it came out. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Bob, uh, in our friend group, Bob Ziegler, he had, uh, his mom was super cool. They had like a pool or whatever. So we go to Bob's house and they liked entertainment and he had this big giant television and a laser disc and we didn't know about it. And we showed up one night and there's this black spot on the wall and the thing started playing and we were all like, Oh, you know, it was the first time in a lot of cases, uh, Dark Crystal, things like that. The first time that you had ever even been able to make out some of the things that were going on because of the resolution. If you weren't in the theater when it happened, you're watching it on a VHS tape. And I could never tell what the things at the end of the Dark Crystal were. Uh, Half of the stuff in the thing was lost to darkness. The other stuff in the Dark Crystal was lost to brightness. Uh, And so he had the laser disc that fixed all that. And who would have thought that their collections now were very valuable if well taken care of it's crazy just what the vhs tapes are going for just if it's still in the plastic all right so it gives me you know a lot you know a lot of fun and freedom with the things that i do collect when you're asked about what you came home with (laughs) treasures i came home with treasures (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i i only left i i i triple c back to i triple c i i had to like I had to really pick and choose what I wanted to get there because it's just like everything you could imagine. I, and I only got um, it's right over here. The episode one Qui-Gon because it's it was one, it was that black series. Um, it was those special black series uh, figures they were doing with the episode one back played on it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I have Mace Windu already and I wanted I really wanted Qui-Gon. I've wanted Qui-Gon black series for a while. Met a super nice guy. Gave me a really good price on it. He told me, he was like, I don't have it on me today. He's like, but he's like, I'll get it out of my truck for you tonight. I'll have it on the shelf for you tomorrow. And I, in my mind, I'm just like, there's no way this guy's going to remember it. I go back to his stand the next day. There he, there he has it sitting right there. I'm just nice. like, damn. While Take we my money. That, yeah. This is like something randomly, though, that crossed my mind while we were on like video resolution conversation. Do you think we're almost like reaching the pinnacle as far as video resolution goes? Because like we're going to like 4K to 8K and everything. It's like I feel like I feel like a picture almost can't get better at this point. Like, I mean, they're, they're starting to do these virtual reality. You know, I, I saw the Apple virtual reality things that they're coming out with, but it's like. I don't know. I feel like 
we are reaching the peak as far as like cameras go. It's like insane to me, honestly, like how, how far we're going. I mean, I just got a new camera myself and it's like this little digital camera and it's like 4k video on it. It's just like crazy. It, it blows my mind. The last camera I had was a 35 millimeter uh, film camera. Cause I would skateboard with my buddies and I couldn't afford the freaking digital one. So I went to a store and bought a 35 millimeter snap camera where I would just, take all these pictures and go to CVS and see what I got. You know, th those were the old days, but do you yeah, think we were, were like the, the kids the that, yeah, we were the kids that eight millimeter was based on like, that's, that's where we grew up. Even I remember a little hand crank, yeah, a little hand crank. Yeah. Eight millimeter hand crank. And then there was some, like a friend of mine's that had a 16 and then we got the super eight and that's, you know, the movie super eight is that's kind of, we were those kids when we grew up. So to your specific question, I mean, the human eye is only able to process a certain amount of detail and information between that and your brain and how you actually are able to see with the cones and all that stuff. You guys want to TED talk and look into how your eyes work. <laughs> Feel free to do that, but you can only process so much. Yeah, um, I would agree. You, Sorry to, to jump in. I, I apologize for that. Uh, I would say like what, like, six to eight years ago when the resolution really changed, it was like there was a period of time where I thought everything looked way off. Uh, the, in that to, high to resolution. That point, like the backgrounds uh, looked like it didn't move with the film. Right. And that the, that's the, going to be dimensionally settings, which is something that, absolutely but now after years of seeing that, it, I, I don't necessarily see the picture that way. Anymore. Oh, I can't, was, I can't. Anytime that pan and scan activity comes up, which is what it used to be called, uh, which is them adjusting a letterbox frame for a four, three aspect ratio. So if I move over here, they're going to pan and scan to where I go in that frame to try to keep the focal subject in frame instead of just letting me go out of that box they'll move that box over here with me and that weird movement they have to do i would always register it's one of those uncanny valley things so i think the biggest evidence to your point um i was going to say is when the hobbit came out and it's in 60 frames per second and everybody's like hmm not everybody some people are okay with that but it's like watching that's perfect for sports or some other kind of, you need to see that detail. But when it's the difference in stop motion and go motion, it's the blur. Sometimes you need a blur on some of the things moving in the background. And if everything's super clear, which I think it was what's happening in the Hobbit at that 60 frames per second or whatever, it was just off putting. It was like watching daytime soaps. Yep. It looked it just looked bad. Like, it's hard to understand how such a good movie didn't present the way that they had intended. Because I know they're trying to make the best. Like Peter Jackson's not trying to come <laughs> with some sloppy stuff. But the way that it presented was unflattering to a lot of viewers. And so when I'm when I get a new television or whatever and I bring it home there's a bunch of those enhancements that are preset into your television that do make regular network broadcast tv maybe look better but you don't need it on a film that's already had its look captured that's how it's supposed to just leave it alone and present it the way it was supposed to if we want to turn the brightness or something up for your room maybe okay but adding that cinema look or whatever it is it, it makes it look like 
uh, Telemundo. Like it's yeah. weird. I call it the sitcom effect, honestly. Yeah, totally. Like it, it, it is. It, it makes a uh, flattens it, the room and everything. Just kind of yeah. looks off, cheap. Makes yeah, it look cheap. I, I've born changed, identity uh, or something. You're like, what? Why is this look? terrible yeah i've changed people's tv settings at their houses if i've been there like my in-laws i've been there at night and i'm like hold on we were watching a movie today and it looked like we were watching friends like this is supposed to look cinematic like i'm changing these settings real quick because like you said it does automatically adjust and it's like dude those are the things that like for me it's like i'm watching i'm like i can't take this i need can i change the tv settings on this real quick this does not look right (laughs) we're gonna if we almost sit down for a couple of hours it won't be through this yeah not to be that if it's a if it's a group environment i'm rolling with the crowd i'm not trying to be the squeaky wheel and i've probably already seen it um but it's not my preferred way to do it and uh, if it's my control objection (laughs) objection i'm gonna change this right now hang on for one second let me fix this for everybody in the room um, but beyond that, I think we've got some other uh, just very amazing things that are happening with people that are developing stuff like James Cameron, where they're trying to get those glasses off for the 3D presentation. And so there are still some new, new horizons, new territories to, to venture into with presentation. Um, it's just dialing in that how you see it. I, uh, have you guys seen anything on the big uh, sphere that's in Vegas now? Yes. I'd say yes. Uh, that kind of setup. I, back in the day, there was like an Omnimax theater that was around here, between here and Atlanta. I can't remember where the Omnimax theater was, but it's like an IMAX and it may have been related to a like Huntsville Space Center or something, but it, I remember watching a movie that presented around to my periphery. So you're watching a screen that comes around you like that sphere is going to be doing. Um, So there are new ways to have content that continue to make you feel more immersed in that environment. And I would love to see, I I accidentally, uh, so this is a funny story I get to tell uh, about my father who just passed the weekend before last. Um, I took him to our last film was the Ford versus Ferrari. My dad loved cars, man. Russ Prince. He was all about Ray. He did that back in the day. He was muscle cars, jumping over Coke bottles. If you can get the $20 off the dashboard kind of muscle car, that's what he grew up with. Um, which is weird because my daughter and her friends now, they don't care about cars. They'll call a Lyft or Uber or something. Just then they don't, yeah. they don't even want a car. Just don't care <laughs> about it. So it's a weird watching who favors what with what they grew up with. But <clears throat> took him to Ford versus Ferrari. And I was like, let's go to the best presentation. Seems like this new 4D X must be it. I did not understand at the time that the 4D X theaters here are riding interactive seats. And my dad is 70 years old. So like 71, maybe at this point, I can't exactly remember when Ford versus Ferrari came out, but we rode that movie. (laughs) <laughs> we're in the seats and the wind's blowing out. It's like a Disney or Universal Studios ride and the seats tilting. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that's what was going to happen. And props to my dad for riding that Ford versus Ferrari with me. Um, we actually raced a Ferrari. Uh, we were in a uh, Monte Carlo super sport that he had, and we raced a Ferrari in real life and we won for the first half. <laughs> you know what i mean it was awesome i was a little kid and we dusted that ferrari off the line and then i watched my favorite cars new taillights take off into the future 
<laughs> at about third gear. He, his dad knew what was going to happen. He's like, watch this. So That's props crazy. to dad. Yeah, man. It's uh, just cool stuff. So maybe they'll get more of that experiential stuff uh, as well as the 3D. Uh, but I don't think resolution can go much further. Yeah. yeah I, it I, can. They can totally present it. But I don't know that we'll notice. Yeah, that's why it's like uh, I, I watched like the the preview for the new like Apple goggles, and it's like you can sit in your living room and make the TV screen as big as you want, but it's like yeah, but you can't experience a movie with someone else. Like I don't know, it's like I feel like I'd like to experience a movie like with like my wife or my brother or a friend or whoever. It's like to me, it's like a group experience. You know, it's like totally. now you're like yeah, like sure, it's a cool thing to have, but like. I don't know. Like uh, I was, I was recently like having a conversation with family where they're like, do you think that's the future? You think that's the future? I'm like, I don't know. I said, uh, we're, we're like social beings. Like, and I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's not like, you know, it would be cool to see a movie on that really. But like, is that going to replace the TV? I don't think so. Like, I think people would still rather sit in a room together and watch something like the communal think- aspect of human nature is, it's plugged into all of us. I mean, that's something we, we gather around the fire for that. So being in the room, there will be a natural element of disconnect if you're not able to, and they may cheat that in where if you, if you tilt, it'll open up and you can see, you know, there, that may be a part of the thought process going into the design. Definitely. Um, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they've thought about that. Yeah, stuff. but a lot of That's people like me. this. I, I I constantly make sure I rotate these things on my head so you, you don't end up with the the cradle. Uh, watch your watch your headsets, guys. You know, because you end up with the gamer gamer dip in your skull. Yeah. Um, so you know, a lot of people don't want to have to wear a thing. That's why Cameron's you know, Jim, buddy. just call him like he's a friend of mine that's why james cameron's working on the technology that he is um is because he understands that i think from the interviews that i've seen and what i've what i've read from him is that he gets that you don't want to have to put that on and also uh in different age groups your focal length and things like that are going to be different so dialing in that no glasses presentation that way if you have glasses already you know that you just lost a person that doesn't want to have to stack double glasses you know it just makes it more open and more inclusive uh, because people like james cameron like uh, tom cruise like me like the rest of us making content we want to bring people an audience to watch our thing and if you're a filmmaker you want them in the movie theater all together experiencing so when you ah everybody jumps at once and then <laughs> you know uh, they, they got us there, you know, and that is a big experience or when, when the big debuts happening and the snapping things like that, man, that if you were in a crowded theater, when that down, dude, every, you could feel people's heartbreak, like right next to you. I'm sitting there like looking at my daughter and my wife and we're all like, you know, everybody around and you can feel that energy. That's that live performance from the screen and that's what we all hope to be able to give the audience as as cre- the creators of this content um so you'd hope that they would all sit together and if they don't i'm not going to blame you if you're stuck at home and you're late at night and you're just watching this right before you go to bed if that's how you get your your content that's awesome i i try to build it for a bigger thing for you 
but you you ingest your content on your time and how you do it. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. And I'm, I'm everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm always thumping for uh, movie theaters <clears throat> and people go into the movies just because it is an experience and it is fun. And, you know, like I, I, I used COVID as the training course. Cause my kids were, uh, I think during COVID frozen two was their first ever movie they saw in theater. Oh, okay. So it was like good timing. Right COVID was going on. We were pretty much in an empty theater for it. <clears throat> and it's like, all right, guys, we got to sit down. And it's like, we can't get up and run around or anything. We all got to sit in our seats here and everything. And it's like, it was a great training ground because now I can just take them to see stuff. And they're like, they're, they're, they're in it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, they like going, you know, it's like the movie theater is a special experience for them. They get excited. They want to get the popcorn. They like looking at all the movie posters of stuff that are coming out. Like it's yeah, like my daughter dressed up. We went to see the, uh, in return to the spider verse or whatever the title of the second Spider-Man film, the animated one was. Oh yeah. Uh, and she, she put on my old Spidey suit decked out and we went and there's the, uh, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, big giant display and now they're starting to make some of that stuff i hadn't i didn't see that for a while and there was the barbie thing that was out that you could go actually get inside of so there was a place you could pose with the turtles and yep. that was you know we pulled out the phone and we banged a couple of shots for that and it was fun because you're there and you're in person and then when you're in the theater same thing the music's going everybody's excited the animation is just top notch just off the charts if you guys haven't seen the spider-verse films from the animation man go see that the seth rogan uh turtles stuff coming up looks fantastic and these are animated there's plenty of live action stuff and i'm just gonna say star wars side i love andor if anybody's listening man that's that's probably one of our favorite in the past however long i'm not sure why a lot of people haven't Maybe there's not enough, you know, lightsabers or blasters or something. But between that and Foundation, those are our favorite Star Wars right now. <laughs> yeah. If you guys aren't watching Foundation and you like Star Wars, hey, bro, see the source content. Like that's stuff that Lucas referenced and it's being made now in that same kind of giant, big, epic. It's fantastic. If you like Lee Pace, if you like any of that Lord of the Rings stuff, man, I highly recommend before we kick up for Ahsoka, jump in and watch you some Foundation, man. If you like, what's, a, this what's kind Foundation of stuff. on? Uh, what 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 uh, service is that on? Uh, was it Apple TV? Okay, I believe. Yeah, Foundation. something like that. Oh man, it's Lee Pace. It's in the second season, and it's all based off of you know just books by the same title, legend status. You're talking, you know, Frank Herbert, Isaac Asimov, like the the things and the, the foundational building blocks, which is part of what it is, the empire that the empires kind of built on. This is the inspirational books that, you know, some of these guys would have grown up with. Um, so it's, it's just this other big epic giant universe. What do you guys think about rebel moon while we're chatting star Wars real quick, since it's not, but it is, but it's not. I think it looks awesome. I mean, I, 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 all the shots I've seen of it, I think looks sweet. I mean, looks pretty uh, good. I wish it was a Star Wars movie. You know, I do too. I Zack Snyder movie. That's or, the Zack Snyder stuff yeah. coming up on Netflix. Yeah, man. the Star Wars film that almost was, that is now. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's uh, it's interesting that you're able to get so close with the laser swords and whatnot. But if it's safe, it's safe, and uh, it looks awesome and that's that kind of content a story 
world building. Yeah, I'd love to see a Mass Effect movie. You know, there's a bunch of different outer space, you know, legacy content that you could you could make. So if he's going to make his own version of Star Wars, more power to him. That's what we're making in between stuff. So yeah, it looks awesome. If we had his budget, we'd be <laughs> doing the same thing. I know, and that's if I can't why make it like... for you, Disney. I'll make it right alongside you. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, the, you know. There's a lot of talent out there and it's like, I really do just hope um, a lot of these people do find their way into, you know, writing for that Star Wars IP and everything, because I mean, that's that short film that you guys did was great. It was like the story made sense. Like I, I, I turned it on because I was like, all right, Rick Prince is in this. Like, let me let me throw this on and watch it. And it's like when it ended, I was just like oh shit like i okay like let me go back and like see where rick was in there again real quick because i just i got lost in it it felt like real star wars to me you know what i mean because i'm like this story makes sense to me it reminded me a lot of i don't know if you guys know about this or remember but the halo 3 commercials Mm -hmm. yeah they should like where where's that movie yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's exactly what it reminded me of. It because I I got the same feeling watching that as I did seeing those commercials. I was like, this is kind of awesome, like man. what I want to see in a movie. Like, give people yeah, you hear that, with Adam? these kind of ideas, give them a chance to make something. It was character that's, understanding. That's it made sense. Like, it very much made sense. Yeah, that's what I thought when I read the script and then their ability to execute as a little small, just super, the smallest small you can even think of. You have kids in the back in the garage. Like We shot that Darth Maul sequence in the garage at uh, you know, somewhere here north of town. I drove you know in makeup across town as Darth Maul. Hey, what's up? God, I would have um, loved to have pulled up next oh, to you awesome. on that. Anytime great. I have to get gas or something, I make sure to leave with not enough gas so I have to stop, that kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, I got to stop and get some milk on the way home. Uh, you know, just because you, you hate to, after all that, have to take it off. So you want to showcase it as much as you can so it doesn't go to waste. But it was just on a green screen with all the proper setup, just a, a cloth setup. And then all that post work that they did themselves made it very believable. And I mean, he's, he's also just, a, he looks like Kylo. So he looks like Adam Driver anyway. Mr. Adam Pietroprioli, but him and uh, Cameron, you bring in the clone troopers, you bring in Nihilus and you're what, what, wait a minute. How that's, that's got our attention. So um, we're looking forward to it. The, uh, we talked sequel today. It's already written. We're doing a little bit of adjustment. We're going to start having some table reads. I think we're talking about shooting around November. So if you guys in the universe, if you're anywhere near and to and around the Nashville, Tennessee area, and have some A-level costume um, that you might want to be able to bring in support and maybe be in a shot. I'd love to hear from you just out of curiosity and see if you happen to fit in the screenplay. We'll talk to Adam and see who all can work, who all can come and play on a play day, but we're going to be shooting it with real cameras. So, Absolutely. I mean, trying to make a real movie out of our little indie film, you know? Yeah. Let us know when you're getting close to shooting that. And I'll tell Joe to share from our rule of the galaxy page. Cause I mean, we have people, you know, connection, like not like connections, but you know, mutual followers from all over. And we definitely have some in Nashville, especially because I triple C. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's some scenes that it'd be great. Um, like all the lead positions, I think from what he said might be cast, but you're talking about filling out the universe. 
So all of the people, man, background we can and everything, st- and, and even foreground people that you begin your shot with that you pan from and on to your, your actual main uh, character that you follow. But they're, they're not just background shots for the characters that you might be. A lot of it is world filling, but depending on how it plays, you know, uh, and that's stuff just to hear from. And if you've got something else like, well, we hadn't thought about that. Let's, let's go back and adjust the script a little bit so we can fold that into the mix. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's just having fun right now. And if we get a lot of response that doesn't quite fit into this one, then that opens up the door to making a new one. So exactly. Yeah, man. It's exciting stuff just to be able to do. Cause there are so many people making so much awesome stuff. There's a lot of talent out there. Yep. That's the beauty of, that's the beauty of creating right there. It's great. So, I mean, as far as, uh, I mean, we, we hit a lot of uh, stuff tonight and I only had one bit of Star Wars news that broke right before uh, the show. Star Wars news time. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Star Wars news break. Uh, the 32nd bit of news that happened uh, was that Alfie, do you want to do you want to say what it was? What, it's It has to do with the Lando. Uh, show. Yeah. Uh, drop it. Drop it off Alfie, the top of my head that Donald Glover and is it his brother? His brother. Yeah, are now gonna write in uh I don't think it said direct, but but maybe think... uh, some as- associate producing, co-producing something. Give me just a second. I can Yeah, I'm, I'm so curious to hear that, man. You're talking about another talented guy. It, it was uh, multiple platforms. Donald Glover it, is super talented. It was really odd the way that they dropped it too. Uh yeah, it just says right, right Lando series at Disney Plus as him and his uh, brother. Justin Simeon exits, which is funny because that guy just put out a statement like this morning that, Hey, Lando is still on and I wrote it and we're just waiting for everyone to be available. And then tonight he's out and the Glovers are in. Hmm. Times a changing. And that's curious to know that they're even able to make announcements. I guess you could, but that would have, I'd assume be a deal that was already brokered prior to the strike. That's what I was thinking. Uh, The article I read kind of was hinting at that and that he put out the statement this morning to just kind of drum up a little bit of interest. Yeah. You got to keep news moving, I guess, while everything's kind of on pause because there's still slates and films that have been completed that can come out, but you can't really like you can't have your actors promote that and stuff. So you wouldn't hear from maybe Donald, there's not going to be an interview or something with them for a while. Probably. About like future writing or anything. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. hear from them directly until this stuff is resolved, I would think. But that's awesome yeah. news. And we're uh, just talking about writing now. So, I mean, that's still yeah. a ways Speaking away. Speaking of, but... uh, you know, Donald Glover, if you guys uh, have some more interest in the Spider-Man universe, I'm not going to say any more about that. So, spoiler, <laughs> you know, yeah. get in where you fit in. But there's, that was some cool, I, I liked his movement through the, if you're not going to actually land a full feature somewhere along the lines, whether it's, you know, uh, in the main MCU or whether it's in this other uh, animated universe, it's cool to at least be part of it. And I think there's a lot of room for the Lando stories, man. I thought he was great as Lando. Um, the Lando tales kind of where he's narrating to the Calrissian Chronicles. Yeah. The Calrissian Chronicles, man. Like that stuff is awesome. There's that would be a great season to watch. 
he perfectly embodies the swagger and like Definitely smoothness swag. of Lando. Like that, like when I, I thought I remember, Solo was great. I like yeah. Solo. It just came out at a bad time, I think, because everybody was like, oh, oh, more. Uh, it seemed to be the response, at least. To, um, to me, it was more, Solo, it Solo. didn't really, it wasn't like any other Star Wars movie. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's just not. It's kind of a shock the first time you see it. I couldn't really get into it as much. Now, the second time when I can kind of relax and say, hey, this isn't a big Rebels versus Empire. There's no Jedi, you know, all that kind of stuff. I thought it was a great story. I thought it was a great fun film. There you go. Andor. Yep. That's that's kind of how I was. Um, Solo not- is, is like a Ocean's Eleven Star Wars. Some, something. Yeah. It's a heist movie kind of set up in its context. Uh, but Andor has some of the greatest lines, like monologue speech stuff. Like, dude, I'm with it. Uh, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but as far as world building and cinema, bang. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. It's, it's not my cup of tea. I say it all the time when we talk about Andor. Andor is amazing in 99 out of 100 categories. And to me, the one that it's just not entertaining to me. Yeah, and, and that's, that's and that's, that's just part of it. And that's, that's why just, at least they've got hey, more content. So maybe they'll yeah. get one. That and I'm is, not, that's not a knock on the show or anything. No, it's it's just the first not, one that got my wife to like star Wars. Yeah. So it's, you know, it depends on which audience and how you might hit right. it. And I was, I was super grateful for that because it's a hard sell. And it was the time out here. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. I have my wife watching it too, actually. And yeah. like our schedule got screwed up. She watched like the first half of it because I was like, she's she's like wondering about these characters right now. Like she's not watched any Mandalorian at all. But for some reason, she was watching Andor. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is this is like an end for Star Wars. It's like we watch all these shows together. Maybe we could watch a Star Wars show together. So yeah. I think I'm going to go back to it and finish finish uh, the show with their uh, pretty I, I would recommend it and if you and if not your thing let me know Alfie what you think try on an episode or two of foundation and see I, what you I think got about it queued that. up and I'm gonna I'll let you know what I think and I've tried to go back and watch Andor and it's I just can't it I different. can respect all of its greatness everything that it's great at but what about this do you, do you like the new dune or does it hit on the same level because kind of the to same. me I'm like get it oh yeah so it it depends on your flavor man that's just yeah it's just that's my i I love it man i there's i think too much about stuff and the first thing that hit me in dune i'm like oh my god you just said 30 seconds ago that you built your entire empire off of having an air force and a navy and you it all just got destroyed you didn't have any lookouts you're totally unprepared which I get it. It's a movie I saw it back in the '80s too, so I knew what was going to happen. But still, yeah, and it's a lot of novels all consolidated yes. into. So it is. It's a lot to process, and there's going to have some of that with Foundation. But Foundation does a really good job at interpreting the source material, and I think will make you probably a lot more happy than Andor did, as far as hitting some extra marks. But I'd be curious though, because I, I, as a filmmaker. I try to make a thing that I think is cool because I can't, I can't guess at what you're going to like. Right. And so knowing that is like, huh, that's interesting because you just have a different take. And I've heard that from a lot of people and my wife and I are like, they don't like this. 
man, this is so good, you know, but, but that's okay. It's the same thing with the sequels. It's the same thing with the prequels. Right. It's, did you, was it your speed, your flavor? What did you or don't you? I like pretty much all Star Wars, or at least there's something about all Star Wars to like. So I love the Crystal Foxes in the sequel trilogy. I love the planet with the white surface with the red underneath. Visually, there are a bunch of yeah, things that I the like. Red velvet planet. Story, not so much. You know what I mean? But visually, that's part of what I like about both Andor and Dune is I feel like I'm at the movies, man. I'm on another planet. It's big. It's expansive. I, they, they did a great job in the volume, but it's different when you're out there in it. And you can feel that in the seat. It's awesome. Yeah. That's why I like yeah. when I saw it. If you like and- it, if not, cool breeze, brother. I'm not going to judge. It's yeah, awesome. I like all those things. And that, those I'm not are right. all things that I like about Andor. <laughs> I just, yeah. to me, I think it needs like 10% of the Mandalorian's fun. But I understand that would take away from what Andor is trying to do. So it doesn't need that. Curious to, me, to it's see like, how season two gets into the mix and see if it may have a little more of your considerations. Uh, I hope not because as much as I, for what I dislike it, I like it for being bold enough to be that way. Does that make sense? Most certainly. I appreciate that, that point of view. Yeah. I'm not looking for fan service, but I know that the intensity of what's going on is going to ratchet up. Um, yeah. And you got people to still meet like K2SO. I can't um, wait for that. Dude, you know, that's one of my favorite. Just we talked about droids a little bit somewhere along the line, but that's one of my favorite droids, period. That was my love R2, R2 is the man, but man, just the, the sass from that <laughs> dude, man. Uh, Alan Tudyk <laughs> is such a great actor, too. So just that's another thing, just being able to bring that character to life when they totally take everything but your voice and your movement out of it. Yep. And then props to the whole digital team that made it believable. Like that's such a joy to watch be well executed. Yep. He, he's one of those dudes where you go on his IMDb and you're just like, wait, what you, you did this too. You did that. Like it, it's crazy. And, uh, Firefly, I, baby. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I just took a, well, I wouldn't say I just took, but for the re-release of rogue one, uh, before Andor came out, I took my little guy who's, six years old i took him to see rogue one as his first star wars movie in theaters you know because he missed the sequel trilogy you know the sequels coming out and i and i'm like rogue one is re-releasing an imax i was like i'm going i'm like let's go dude you're gonna go see your first star wars movie in theaters how old was he he's five okay (laughs) i was like i'm like he might have been six i think he was six when we saw it he's a very smart kid though a lot smarter than i was when i was six so we, we started the movie and it's like it kind of settled in on me. Like I'm like, I really wasn't thinking like storyline wise. I was just very excited to be like, I can take my son to go see a Star Wars movie in the theaters. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I might have some explaining to do after this movie because there's a lot of bad things that happen at the end of it. But I was like, yeah, hallway <laughs> scene is going to affect be- that kid. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. The beginning of the movie is harsh enough. Hey, there's a lot. Uh, Rogue One is another fantastic film that I felt just, man, what did you think about that one, Alfie? Did that one? I really liked that one. Uh, again, I, and, it, you know, we were brought up on the trilogy. So there is a certain pacing to a Star Wars movie that 
you're used to. Rogue One was, to me, was real shocking in the first half of the film because it was so fast. I felt like jumping from all these storylines, but by that second half, first viewing really, you know, was just amazing. I think that movie gets better every time I watch it. Yep. And it is a really shocking opening too with, you know, the mother getting killed and then casting gun smoke, somebody from behind, you know, that's like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the universe kid. Exactly. (laughs) You know, you get that sense of these are the real rebels, the, you know, the C and D teams that we never really see that are out there doing the, and presented you know, some fantastic stuff. character arcs. Um, yeah, watching Saul Guerrero was probably one of my favorite. Like, yeah. ooh man, get it for us! What a now, coming in strong on that performance. I seeing that. Rogue One in the theater was an uh, an actual experience because we we went and saw it at like you know the six o'clock showing is the new midnight premiere gotcha. now. Okay. So, you know, thinking coming off of The Force Awakens, Star Wars is like super popular again. We go to see Rogue One, six o'clock, and it is like this mix of young kids. And then, you know, your kind of typical Star Wars crowd. And it was kind of rowdy, you would say. And right. they, you know, the there was a lot of shushing and. Because you know, <laughs> kids were very excited for cameos, you know, especially my son was like, you know, uh, the the juggernaut he picked up on, you know, he saw C three PO and R two. I don't know, it's real quick, but you can see C three PO and R two D two the first time that mm-hmm. they go to the base, and he picked that up. And this guy turned around and shushed them, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. hey. Uh. And then you know, Darth Vader came on the screen, and like there was a little league team behind us. Mm-hmm. Of like eight year old kids, and they were jumping up yeah. and down, screaming, you know, like, Amazing. Oh my god, it's Darth Vader! Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Why? I was like yelling, at, not yelling, but I was like, Hey, why don't you shush them? Yeah, <laughs> and then by yeah. the time the end happened, forget about it, it was so loud, and it was like seeing Star Wars when I was a little kid. I mean, it, yeah. it was something else, and that's that's the experience that you get, and it's not for everybody, and I get that. So, go to that midnight show. You know what I mean? It's but right. if you want that engagement and you want to know that people are affected by this film, have the kids in there. Hopefully, Absolutely. you have some some decent parents. Like you've trained yours pretty well, it seems like. But not everybody's like that. But you you, you should feel their positive energy at least, right. unless they're up there just kicking the back of your seat. <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah. They're excited by the thing that you should be excited about. Just be excited. You know. Um, so screw that guy. <laughs> or he should do better. Bless his heart from the South, like whatever. But, you know, just everybody can be a little more gracious to each other. And especially in that movie going experience, man, mind your P's and Q's, watch the opening little crawl that says, turn off your phone and be quiet. But let Nicole Kidman uh, soothe you with her beautiful voice. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> She's a local here. Yeah, man. And, uh, and just have a good time with everybody and laugh when things are to be laughed, cry when you want to cry, like just, you know, all that stuff, man. Yeah. That's uh, what it's all about. I mean, that's like, it's at least you got the response. Rogue One hit some buttons and got the kids. Get it. That's because yeah. it's not normally thought of as a kid's yeah. version no, of no, Star no, Wars. That was that's yeah, a very war movie. 
yeah that's man. what when we were leaving though it was like i me and him we walked out and i was like what'd you think about it and he was like he was like they all had to sacrifice themselves to save everyone and i was just like oh my god i'm like tear, tear in my eye my right there I'm like, yeah let's go. that's what's up that and what an impact at, at an early age to understand that that is what happened especially like because i know he would have probably identified with k2so yeah. And that's just tragic, man. That's tough on me. Yeah, I hate uh, that because scene, it's man. so it, it well done. You. But that's what you need um, as a director. Um, I know that even in *Beast of the Water*, Rashad's film, there was a death scene that, for time, they decided to bust this dude in the forehead instead of his gut shot. And as the writer and producer, I try to explain that's going to take away his death scene because he gets this like, "Oh, I'm, I talk with you." Oh, Oh, what's up? I'm gonna say this thing, and you, so that's the moment that you get to care about people because they're going through that emotional experience, and that's what we react to is the other humans generally, or the thing that taps into our emotion, even if it's a robot. It's that experience that we got to know that that creature, that being, that entity, and then that time was fleeting. Yeah. And, and if you make too short work of it, the impact is lost. So it's awesome to know that they they had their finger on the pulse of how long to hit the six year old as well as the almost fifty year olds, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or the whole the whole gamut. But brilliant filmmaking, man. I hope to be a a small part of that. You know, we're doing the best we can on the indie level, and some of the networking is leading us to other things. But can't talk about any of that stuff. But Keep following along, man. Um, we love the Rule the Galaxy podcast, man. This is uh, a good thing that we managed to link up in person at the ICCC. Hope to see you all at the, the next one that we have. But yeah, man, just being able to find common interest in that galaxy far, far away is just, I always have fun with that. So Absolutely. I Absolutely. appreciate you guys. I love it. I love it. Well, Alfie, do you have any, uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, for this episode as we're wrapping things up here? Uh, my mind's kind of blank right now, but yeah, like he said, <laughs> be good to see you again at ICCC and I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel. I really enjoyed this short film and it was, it was really good. You did a lot of great work and I hope to see the, the next installment. Awesome. Hopefully, there's, yeah. hopefully it's good enough that there'll be a third one. I hope so. It's uh it's something that we're just doing for fun. Um, and he's doing out of his own pockets and putting the resources together. And some of us on the upper deck, just uphill a little bit, see that rising talent. And so we're reaching down to help out with some of our assets, trying to lend a hand uh, and, you know, bring somebody that's uh, just trying really hard to do something awesome up to where they can do it at a, a bigger, better level. And we're having a great time with it. Either way, it's all for fun. Uh, check it out. Journey to the Dark Side. Um, Adam Pietropioli uh, and a great team of people just making this film. Uh, watch it. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think, good yeah. or bad. The track gonna, is awesome either way, and it helps us make a better film next time. So. I'm going to show it to my son here shortly because uh, Kylo Ren is his favorite character. So awesome! Yeah, hope, this this I'm happens. You will like it in the movie. If you cut when the door closes that's where the scene picks up. And then when the door opens again, that's where that scene ended. So it would play in an edit. Um, so yeah, man, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, if we don't talk to you before the next in person, 
uh, let us know. But I'd love to, you know, get Adam on with you guys sometime, get Tim or some of the other people on, let them talk about their things because these guys are, are just a lot of fun, super professional and very talented, man. Love to introduce you guys. Yeah, definitely. That's great. We would love to talk to them too. I mean, it's, it's great. I love it. So, uh, Rick, as far as everything goes for you, uh, as we're wrapping up, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on like social media, everything like that. Um, you know, any final thoughts you have as well as we're wrapping up. Yeah, man. Uh, everybody, if you're interested in anything, you know, special effects or monster movie oriented, the things like I do, or any of my friends, uh, check me out on all the social medias. I've been fortunate enough Thanks to my mate down in Australia, the other Rick Prince. He gave me the Rick Prince by myself, just the name, R-I-C-K-P-R-I-N-C-E on Instagram. You can check me out there, and that links to pretty much everywhere else on uh, Twitter and on you know, uh, TikTok, everywhere else. I kind of use Instagram as the main, but also on IMDb if you want to check out any of our movies or on Amazon, Hulu, uh, you can go to, uh, I think, YouTube and watch Beast of the Water. Gravitas, the distributor, has it available there. If, if you want to pay money, pay money. If you don't have the money to pay, watch it for free. Tell us what you think. Engage in the comments. We'd love to hear. Like I said, it makes us able to please our audience a little better where we can. And either way, it helps us learn and do our best job to make a better film next time. Um, and that, just go check out, click on the link if you're uh, checking out my socials. Follow that link to YouTube and check out Adam's short film. It's free. Nobody's making any money. It's just for fun. Uh, And let us know what you think, man. Give that kid some likes and follows. Absolutely. I I mean, I'm subscribing to him, so I'm I'm already locking in. I mean, he's he's headed out of the park for his uh, his initial one. So I'm looking forward to the sequel. So uh rick it's great having you on i remember the last time we had you on it was it was just very similar tonight we just chopped it up we talked about all this stuff in the film industry and it's just cool to hear it's just cool to hear it from you and and just hear the stuff you're working on and uh this is the best part about our podcast is it's like you're an andor guy alfie's not an andor guy but we can talk about it and just be totally cool about it totally we're 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 always cool about it like that's i mean while andor was going on it was like we would talk about what we liked maybe what some guys didn't like and it was like it's fine it's okay yeah we all get you guys watch people like star wars theory or you know things like that like you'll hear different opinions and flavors of who likes what and you know who it's awesome to me it's a big enough universe and i hope to be able to deliver a portion of content that may not be for everybody but it's my favorite part of star wars you know oh, what i yeah. mean so. I, I have a feeling i have a feeling in the future i i mean you just need to remember us you know when when that leap happens into the lucas film and everything you just need to remember rule the galaxy podcast all right so we you go we like, brother yeah <laughs> here we go man let's do it i love it i love it well from D-Doc, from Alfie, from Brent, who had to leave earlier, school season is on, and from Rick Prince. We appreciate you guys listening to Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And until next time, mid-force be free.